BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Morning Toast. Happy Friday. Wow, you guys, we made it. Hey, Claude, how are you doing? Live from L.A., West Coast Toast. How's it hanging? Good morning. Happy Friday. I'm good. It's so early. Like the time here, I not not to sound like such a jet setter, but like these three hours make an enormous difference. Like, first of all, I was able to go to bed at 10 last night while also listening to Red Taylor's version for like a full hour. And then I woke up early. I'm feeling refreshed. Now I know why people in LA are always like, you know, drinking green juices and stuff. They don't have to wait till 12 to listen to music, you know? That's true. But, you know, like anything else, once you live there, then you wouldn't wake up early. You're just on New York time, which is nice to, you know, wake up at 7 a.m. and feel like you slept in. Yeah, but, like, they, like, watch award shows that end at, like, 8 o'clock. They wait till 9 o'clock for music. Like, we're the standard, you know, midnight. We're the standard on the East Coast. And I'm saying... There's a lot of value here. I'm not going to lie. There is a lot of value. You know we love L.A. And I love L.A. This trip seems to be no different. How's it going so far? I mean, nothing has happened. I've been in my room, um, which is lovely. And I've just kind of been relaxing, you know, moisturizing my spray tan, getting good sleep, trying to drink lots of water because I want to look, you know, snatched to the gods. But I'm going to go have lunch. Ben gets here relatively soon he might walk in on the no he's not gonna walk in on the podcast actually um then we're gonna get lunch then we're gonna get ready for the rehearsal dinner so much fun yeah I'm gonna do something very similar today have to get ready have to like get myself snatched it's been a while since I've yeah. done the whole gamut so we'll see what it we'll see what it looks like you know it's been a while since Snatchio has made an appearance it, it really really has been it's been a while since I put on a pair of heels probably like yeah Four months at least. Wow. So pray for my ankles, pray for my toes. We'll see how it goes. I want to say one thing about LA because I think a lot of people when they think about New York, like how do you sleep? It's so loud. La la la. It is so quiet in New York compared to LA. I hear a siren siren right now all night and I'm like high up on the in the hotel. I was hearing like cars and brakes and horns. It's fucking loud here too. Yeah. I mean, it's really loud in New York. It just depends on... Uh, what kind of windows you have and also where you are like I my apartment is on the street and I'm high up and I hear everything and you because right. you do live in a bunker pro is that you don't hear that's a lot, true you know it's a very quiet bunker it's quiet uptown 
that's very true, I guess. But I'm just saying, like, LA is also loud. Yeah, I think we're all really loud. No, I, I would agree with that. I think we're all really loud. Yeah. So we need to jump right into the stories today because it's Red TV Day, really. There's really nothing else to even, like, acknowledge or discuss. There's actually a lot of other things to talk about, like, but we, I want to ask you how your day is going, and, and that just is all wrapped up in red. So yeah, 100%. I think without further ado, I know it's, I know it's quick. I personally don't really have any other updates to share, so I just think without further ado... We should jump into the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. I think that's a good call, Jackie. I would agree. But before before you do that, I implore you to just take a listen, okay? Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Noom. When it comes to losing weight, there's a lot of pressure out there to label foods as good or bad, but that just creates unnecessary dilemmas. Enter Noom. You don't need rules to lose weight, just the knowledge and wisdom to empower you to build smarter, more sustainable habits. Noom's weight cognitive behavioral approach helps you understand your relationship with food, how to be more mindful of your habits, and gives you the knowledge to support and your need for long-lasting change. So whatever the reason is, you might be wanting to, you know, cut back, whether you're just not feeling great, you want to fit into your clothes, you want to lose weight. Noom is a really, really interesting an effective way to do that. Taking care of your health is empowering instead of stress-inducing with Noom. There's no need to fear ruining the whole program just when you have one day off. They're just going to help you get back on track. And all they ask is for you to commit to 10 minutes a day to check in. There's no crazy early mornings or huge chunks out of your day. You can start building better habits for healthier long-term results when you sign up for your trial at noom.com slash toast. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash toast. Sign on. What do you have to lose? We love Noom. Okay, first story of the day, New Music Friday. Headline, Red Taylor's version has dropped, including All Too Well, 10-minute version, all the bonus tracks, the collabs, etc. I'm going to throw to you because I I want you to walk us through what this day is like. Okay, I'm not going to lie. It's really fucking overwhelming. Like, last night I was kind of having anxiety. Like, first of all, because Jimmy Fallon does not play here at Eastern time. So I was just like missing out. I was trying, I was downloading the Spectrum app, trying to, I literally use my VPN to try and be in New York to get Spectrum to allow me. But Spectrum was like, nah, bitch, you're in LA. Like you cannot watch NBC New York. So it was really stressful, especially because I was under the assumption that she was performing on Jimmy Fallon and Late Night with Seth Meyers. She's not. She was basically there doing interviews, being cute, stunning, literally looking her best self Ever. Like, I've always been obsessed with the red aesthetic, you know, the bangs, the the really, really red lip. But she is just taking it now to, like, another level with her glamorousness and her maturity and her, like, style. So she looked unbelievable on both. And she did drop some, some major bombs. As predicted by the critically acclaimed host of the Morning Toast podcast, she will be performing the all-too-well 10-minute version on SNL. She said, I won't, she said, what if instead of performing two songs, I perform one song that's the length of three songs, which is obviously all too well, 10 minute version. She also said the all too well short film is having a premiere. It's actually in New York tonight at the Lincoln 13, obviously, which is in um, Lincoln Center, Lincoln Square. So she was just like doing the most. Um, And then we had the album, like literally the second her interview was over. It couldn't have been timed more perfectly. I'm not going to lie. And here's what happened. Here's at least what I did. I don't know if you know this about me. I'm sure you do. Like the song Better Man is literally just like an integral part of my DNA. And it's been really, really challenging for me to have that song out there 
that's Taylor's. She wrote it, but she didn't ever release it. She actually gave it to the country band Little Big Town, who I have beef with. Just they don't know we have beef, but I know. It's um, one sided, and I've been listening. It's completely one. It's one sided for sure, and it's actually just really about hair at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really about nothing. It's about nothing. I just really, um, I just have like a vendetta against them. I can't explain. It. No, some people just aren't your people. You know. Yeah. But so that was really hard for me, like kind of an identity crisis when she gave them that song because it's such a gorgeous, unbelievable, stunning song, but it was released by this band. And I'm not going to lie, they really, they did that. Like they really did it in an unbelievably beautiful way and it really changed how I saw Little Big Town. And then Taylor performed it at the Bluebird Cafe like a couple years ago and it was filmed. It was a part of this like documentary type of video. So in between her performances, there's interviews from fucking Scott Borchetta. So literally the video has been ruined. Like the one piece of Better Man played by Taylor Swift that we actually had in this world was ruined. Last night... The saga ended because we got Taylor's version. And I have to say, I love that it sounds really similar to the Little Big Town version because I love that one. But of course, Taylor changed it up. There's so many like gorgeous harmonies. It's really, it's a piece of art. It's so beautiful. Like that was the first thing I listened to because it's life-changing. Like I love that song so much. And it's like plagued me that we've never had Taylor sing it. And now we have it. And like, honestly, like we are complete. Like the we are full circle. Like it's done. Mm-hmm. Then what did you listen then, to? Then I went on to all too well 10 minute version, obviously. And I watched the lyric video on YouTube because I really wanted to hear the song, but also, you know, see what she was saying. So the first couple minutes are the same. And then just like she flips a switch and goes, I don't even know what is a bridge. I don't know what's a chorus. It was just like her rattling off her feelings. And it really paints a full picture of this Jake Gyllenhaal saga. Because, you know, as Swifties... We know stuff, we hear lyrics, but they're all just like different pieces of different puzzles. We're not entirely sure what song is really ever about who. But this All Too Well version like really, really paints a picture of what Jake Gyllenhaal did to Taylor. Like, Okay, I listened to, so I haven't had time to listen to the whole album, but that was the first thing that I listened to was All Too Well, mm-hmm. 10 minutes, and I absolutely loved it. Like it didn't dawn on me that we were just going to be getting like more verses, more bridges, like more creativity, more storytelling. Yeah. And it's it's so, so good. And I listened to the lyrics. There were definitely some like interesting factoids baked in there. Yeah. But what happened between them? That I still didn't figure out. So I think there's like a general consensus that Taylor lost her virginity to Jake Gyllenhaal. And she, you know, Taylor is unique in a sense because of a, when you think of Hollywood... You don't think of like a girl like Taylor, especially when she was so young. She was very like relationship oriented. She was like this hopeless romantic. She was probably like kind of clingy. And boys are weird, but boys in Hollywood, like they fucking hate that, you know? So she's just kind of like this innocent girl, like trying to, you know, find her ending. And I think that he fucked her up so badly. And there's so many references to other songs. Like, I think one of Taylor's saddest songs is Begin Again, which I believe is about Jake Gyllenhaal. And there's so many parallels between All Too Well and Begin Again. He, you know, didn't show up to her birthday party. She turned 21. He never came. He kind of, like, the way what I perceived from the song, he just kind of, like, was nice to her until he got what he needed. And then, like, he was gone, you know, never to be seen again. And it, like, broke her because it's your first love. It sounds like she lost her virginity to him. So, like, that's even more emotionally damaging. And it's clear that, like, when she was writing this song in this headspace, like, she was a broken woman. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. That's what I gather from it. Okay, I just have like a lot of questions, if I may. Sure. Um, sure. I never ascribed that much importance to Jake Gyllenhaal in Taylor's life story, like any more so than like Joe Jonas say, or even we just um, no, we didn't get to speak now again, but like John Mayer came before mm-hmm. this era. So you're saying right. like Jake Gyllenhaal was her first love. That's what, surprising what I'm saying, considering there's like three albums of love stories that came before this. Well, the albums before Red are debut, which like she was in high school. I don't know if those were like the great loves. You don't she think was just Steven, like you know, being a songwriter. You don't think no, Steven no, was no, her no. first love? No, 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 no. I don't even think she dated Steven. Like she just used to write about things that she saw and things that she felt in high school. You know, like you're an emo- overly emotional high school girl. Like you write about things. Yes. I don't think there was any great loves of her life in debut. Fine, fine. I would agree with you. Then there was Fearless, and I think that was her first, like, mature relationship with Joe. I don't know how serious it was, seeing as how they broke up on the phone in 26 seconds. But I think it was, like, her foray into, like, adult relationships, but it never got far enough off the ground to be, like, a great love. Okay. I'm with you. Then what comes next? Red, right? No, Speak speak now. now. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... This is why I believe a lot of Swifties believe that she lost her virginity to Jake Gyllenhaal. Just the severity of it. It wasn't that long of a relationship, but so much has come out of it, like, in terms of songs. And some of her most heartbreaking songs are on Red, and they are about Jake Gyllenhaal. So, like, there had to have been something there. Yes, and isn't Red also about, like, Connor Kennedy? Yes, so you can tell which songs are about Connor Kennedy, and there's even some vault songs like that are so clearly about him. You know, every song she wrote a song about Connor Kennedy's grandmother, um, Starlight, Holy Ground. So many of them are just like obviously she wrote in her Rhode Island house when she was you know wanting to be the next Mrs. Kennedy, and they're really sweet. And you know, he was younger than her. I don't think that was like a major you know, life-changing relationship for her at all. But yes, he's in there too. Well, it was life-changing because it led her to buy that house that has just, like, changed her life. It has changed the course of history. Yeah, no, it's changed everything. Everything will change when she buys that house. And Jackie, everything has changed. Yes. Okay, wait, my next question was, how long did Taylor and Jake date for? I'm not sure. But it had to have been substantial enough. There's like that one iconic photo of them that like I always think of, like his arm is around her. Like that's like the only photo of them where she's drinking like yes. Starbucks and they're Yeah. But I have to imagine like a lot of it was super private because yes. he's like majorly A list and that's I have to imagine. Yes. Okay. And then the last thing that I was gonna say was this is kind of this feels kind of funny because when Fearless came out, like Joe was in on the on the on the resurgence of Fearless, you know, like... You mean the new the new Fearless? Yes, when Fearless TV came out, like, Joe and Sophie were in on it. Like, you weren't left wondering, what does Joe think about all these songs again? And you honestly, like, you're 18-year-old, or however... No, I was like, yeah, 17 or 16. Like, your 16-year-old self, like, you forgave Joe Jonas. Like, he's in a good place. Taylor's in a good place. They send each other gifts. Like, it's we all move, good. You it's no all... Present. Right. It's all good. This new album and I've only it's listened to one song but it's very it's like I am mad like this is bringing up so much old stuff that feels unresolved and the fact that uh-huh. we're getting new lyrics me like shows us more to the story and so I just feel like it's Jake Gyllenhaal's like phone today is just blowing up comment sections with like the Swifties you know yeah taking him back 10 years so it's worth noting they're not new lyrics. They're lyrics that were never published. So it's that's not like Taylor's still in these that's, feelings. That's okay, what I meant. Okay. That's what I meant. Be- 
Because Taylor has said, like, multiple times, which I think is really important here, because I think a lot of people would be like, why are you still sing writing songs like you're in a happy relationship? But Taylor has said a million times that, especially as it pertains to All Too Well, like, she wrote that song in, like, one of the darkest times. I imagine it's a time when, like, you know, you're, you love someone. I think she lost her virginity to him, and he, like, never called her back. That's how I, that's how I perceive the situation. Um, and she wrote it in this time of disparity and heartbreak, and that's for so long was the association she had of that song. She would perform it. She would think about those terrible feelings. And she has since said, that's the great part about being a performer. And that's why she loves her fans so much is like now the association she has with all too well is like people literally willing to take a bullet for the song. Like people being obsessed with it, it being the fans favorite, all these different theories. It actually has nothing to do with the person anymore. And that's what she said on Jimmy Fallon. She was like, Oh, I actually haven't even thought about that person's experience. Like it's not even about the person anymore, but at the time it was. Got it. Okay. That I'm glad that like she's able to move on from it. I just feel like today, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal might be going through like old photos and stuff. Just being no, like. No, it's not a good day to be Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> especially when she literally like slandered him in the song, you know, I'll get older, but your lovers never will. And he's literally dating a girl that he met when she was 21. Like Taylor's just speaking facts. Damn, 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 damn. Okay, well, I'm And in so- terms of the vault songs, I can't really speak to them that much because I haven't had enough time to marinate with them. But the Chris Stapleton one, Jackie, have you listened to it? It's so good. She she has her, like, twang back. I know. I heard the twang. I was like, okay, this sounds like it was recorded during the Red Era. Um, but I didn't finish listening to it, and I, I just had a busy morning. Honestly, Kayla was here this morning, and that just, like, really trumped everything. So of course, I was of watching course. Frozen, and it was just a, a different kind of, of experience. But I totally understand. F- before she got here, I had 10 minutes, and I listened to all, ten, all Too Well 10-minute version. And I was just loving where I was at. Like, and Brew was loving it. And I don't know if he's heard the whole Red album, but he knows that it's Mommy's favorite Taylor Swift album. So he's excited for the journey. What I'm excited about is, like, I think for so long, Red was one of my favorites. And actually, I was on the plane yesterday, you know, deep in emotion. I actually came to the conclusion, and it's probably temporary, but I think my current favorite Taylor Swift album is Evermore. It is the most underrated album, like, of all time. You know what? I totally agree with you. And I haven't listened to Folklore or Evermore in a year. I don't know what happened. It's like they just dropped off from my Spotify, and I forgot that they exist. But it's Evermore season again, you know, because this was, like, Mm -hmm. the time where she released it. And so... I need to jump back in. I do. No, you don't understand. Like, Folklore held me in a chokehold, and the second Evermore came out, like, I never looked back once. Like, I can't even listen to Folklore. I'm like, you will never be Evermore. But that's just the space that I'm in, and I'm sure that it will change, and, you know, nothing's permanent. Yeah, no, I have a lot on my musical content plate right now. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, I'm, me too. I need to, you know, maybe go for a walk to to give myself the time to listen to all these things, you know? But the thing that I was going to say about Red is it was so long ago. It was one of my favorites for so long. I would say, like, for most of my Swiftyhood, it was my number one. Um, and it still holds a very, very dear place in my heart. And there are so many songs on there because she was – I mean, she was super famous. But she's not, you know, the queen she is now. Like, now people sit down with her albums and listen to them in full. Like, they're a full piece of art. But she was still on the up and up with Red. And there's just so many songs on there because it's such a big album that never got the critical acclaim that they deserve. Like, Come Back, Be Here. Yeah, but that was also from the Target version. Right. And that's so Taylor, like putting her best fucking music on random Target deluxe. New Romantics, literally one of the best Taylor songs of all time, was a 1989 deluxe song that you can only get if you bought the album at Target. Like, so random. Yeah. Yeah. So I just am glad, like, now now that we're taking Taylor – 
I think ever since I've always taken Taylor seriously as like the songwriter of our generation, but ever since folklore, like people are really respecting Taylor as a songwriter and as a lyricist. And they're listening to her albums like in full as works of art. And so I think people who maybe never gave Red a lot of their time or they knew we are never getting back together in 22, I think they are going to be, you know, really surprised by a lot of the songs that they've never heard that are unbelievably good. Yeah. The way that I remember it, though, I mean, she's always had, like, such fans who who, who know and who have who've been knowing what she's mm-hmm. about. But I feel like the tide turned for her with 1989 and, like, and that was meant to be like her first mainstream album and it was treated the same. I don't think she had to wait till folklore for that sort of um, respect. I think that it really came in the 1989 era where it, it she hit the mainstream. No, I see how you could see that, but I stand by. I think that the way that folklore like killed people, like, and it was a perfect storm of like COVID and it being just like an unbelievable album. I think a lot of people would say they consider themselves like Taylor haters. Like she's a pop star. Like she can't sing until like they really realized what an artist she was with folklore. And now I think her re-recordings are so successful because of that success. I think it was actually like not to, um, not to, what's the word, reduce the whole thing. But remember when 1989 came out and then there was also like that meme going around that was like life's too short to pretend you don't like catchy Taylor Swift songs yes I think that that meme like really showed people like yeah you know what this song is fucking good and I don't have to pretend not to like it no that's a really interesting perspective like, I, think, I could see that for I sure I think that meme was a turning point that's how yeah, I remember I it, was... it. That because I was never too ash- I was never ashamed but I just felt like the people never. around me were all of a sudden like yeah, blank space, go off. And I was like, okay, we're going off. No, that's actually a really good point. Like, her songs were so big from 1989. I think blank space is one of, like, the biggest pop songs of all time. Like, it was everywhere. You could not go into a supermarket without being, like, slaughtered by that song. And everyone was like, usually you get to that point with the song, you start to hate it. But everyone was like, no, like, it's really good. Like, we can like it. Yeah. No, and it's still good. Yeah, it is. Okay, well, we'll we'll recap on Monday where you're at on Monday after three days of having Red TV. Um, hopefully, I and we'll have the All Too Well short film. Um, yes, hopefully, I'll be able to ingest everything by then. I haven't even made it to Jessica Simpson's new song. Like, I just have oh, me neither. I forgot. I just have a lot, a lot that I'm. Also, stupid. one more thing. It's worth it's worth noting that the two people she cast in the All Too Well short film are the exact same ages that she and Jake Gyllenhaal were. Oh, shit. Like, I think she's really hyper fixated on her age at the time because I think he she feels like he took advantage of her. And that's something we talk about a lot, like Scott Disick. Like, you really are not fully formed. Yeah. Well, I'd seen, like, a headline that was, like, this All Too Well 10-minute version really, you know, uh, explains that they broke up because of age. Yeah. Um. But maybe they were also just in different places. I don't know. But that's an interesting factoid. The casting is really good. I mean, Sadie Singh Mm -hmm. as Taylor. And I feel like also that video will give us more answers. No, 100%. Like, I'm quaking. Did you also see? This is the craziest thing. Someone, Dumois, alleges, and she, she says that she has found it. Somebody has that scarf. And Dumois was like, I've spoken with this person. I've gotten all the facts. I can confirm that this person actually does have the scarf. So if anyone can get me in contact with someone who can get this to Taylor Swift, like, let me know. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? I'm skeptical. Okay. I'm just saying that's, what, that's what's going on on the interwebs. 
I didn't see that, and I need to think on it because I'm definitely feeling skeptical. That's your prerogative. I'm not going to lie. It's not, it is. Yeah, until I see scarf and until Taylor says that's my scarf, anyone can just... Yeah, but see, Taylor's, Taylor's so everything of the sort because we, as fans, have depi- like dissected every lyric she's ever released without her ever confirming that we're right. Like, it's possible the song is about, like... The guy from Owl City. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's entirely possible that all of this is in our heads. I mean, it's not because so much of it is, like, factual. But she never confirms. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes she's really explicit, dear John. That's another one where he, the age difference was so enormous. It was, like, unfair. And I think that's, like, something she has a lot of feelings about. Clearly, she does with Jake Gyllenhaal. So we really never know. But we do. Yeah. Okay. We'll spend the rest of the weekend researching, hearing, understanding, listening. Um, so that was the Red Taylor's version recap, and the rest of the show is brought to you by Manscaped. Ho, 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 ladies. The holidays came early not only for you, but also for your man. Here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products that your men will actually use, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give the men in your life the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use the code TOAST for 20% off and free shipping. So it's a perfect time for holidays, but it's like a gift that you can give to your man to, you know, trim their balls, trim their face, their nose hairs, but it's also a gift for you. So it's like a two-in-one thing. The Manscaped products are amazing. The lawnmower, their electric trimmer, Ben has been using it forever. They have amazing accessories. They have body wash now. Ben has this amazing um, travel case from them that came with the, it's just, it's everything of the sort. It's a gift for you, a gift for them. Everyone's happy. It's the season to load up on Manscaped products. So get your man, your dad, your brother, or your friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. They have a hygiene bundle, comes with a pair of Manscaped anti-chafing boxers. It'll keep his junk feeling fresh all day. If you want to get that 20% off and the free shipping with code TOAST at manscaped.com, that's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code TOAST to get your man a gift you'll both enjoy, the gift of Manscaped. Thank you, Claudia. It's a pleasure. Okay, our next story is some really tragic news. Uh, the ninth Astro World victim dies after succumbing to injuries from the tragic concert. A ninth victim of the Astro World Festival stampede has died after clinging to life at a Texas hospital for five days, the victim's family mm. said. Bardi Shahani was a 22-year-old senior at Texas A&M University, and she succumbed to her injuries at Houston Methodist Hospital on Wednesday night. She suffered multiple heart attacks during the crowd surge, was placed on a ventilator with no brain activity shortly after arriving at the hospital, the station reported. She had gone to the concert with her sister and her cousin. They became separated when thousands of fans rushed the stage during the performance. And unfortunately, she has succumbed to her injuries. You know, that's what we were saying. Like, when, when the numbers first came out, it was like, you know, the death toll was eight, and then the injured was like, you know, over 300. But it wasn't just like, you know, broken ankle. You know, yeah. it was real, real critical injuries. And so this is just so sad when you learn more about the victims, like her being a senior in college. It's just horrible. And this this story just like literally keeps getting worse and worse the more information comes out. And it's just making me and I think a lot of people like I'm just like angry like it's just not fair like this is not what's supposed to happen when you go to a concert yeah also I had read that it was her first ever concert 
<gasps> no. It's just such a sad story. The more that comes out, it makes you angry. It just it makes you so sad. Even one week later, there's just all this new information that just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it really is. And I read a report yesterday that the security guard, there was that rumor or news article that said the security guard claimed he was injected with a needle and there was probably drugs in it and he passed out. And it turns out that that was completely not true. Did that, I saw that you sent that. Where did the, the lie come from? I have no idea. And so a lot of people who were saying that like, when all this first started coming out and then there was like, oh, there was someone injecting people with drugs and needles. A lot of people were very skeptical being like, no, this is like a media spin. This is a PR thing to like take blame away from the event organizers. Yes. And you know what? I thought those people were crazy, but you know what? Now it's like, how does this just fake rumor come up and then disappear? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And at the time people were, when I first read it, I just, you know, trusted that that was true. They had a security guard. They had, you know, they had a story. There was Narcan, et cetera. And people were not buying it. And it's true, it does take onus off of Travis and the team, Live Nation, if there's just one person doing nefarious activity. Um, Speaking of taking away, are you aware of all of these, like, satanic conspiracy theories around this event? Okay, I'm not, I can't say I'm aware of all of them, but I've seen a few. Me neither. I've seen a few things, and I definitely probably have seen, like, 1% of what's out there. I've seen some of the, like, symbolism that mm-hmm. um, is part of, like, satanic rituals and that Travis uses, like, iconography in Astral World. And then yeah. I, I can't say that I've seen it all, but I've, I saw some of it, and... So... What people are saying is, you know, a lot of the symbolism in the branding, on the merch, you know, the stage is an inverted cross and it's leading into hell. A lot of it is reminiscent of, you know, satanic drawings and satanic rituals and that this was a satanic event. And I think obviously, yes, there are satanic symbols everywhere, like the merch. Travis has always, I think, that's been like an intentional branding thing. Do I think he's trying to convert people to Satanism and send them to hell? No. I think it was done like trying to be like a cool aesthetic thing. And now that this major tragedy has happened, people are like, it's Satan. But I do think, like, I don't like people saying that. Like, it takes away from what actually happened, who's actually responsible. Like, these people weren't sacrificed to hell. They were literally put in an atrocious situation that led a lot of them to die. Like, it's it's not this major Illuminati conspiracy theory. Like, and I just don't, I don't like, I don't like it. I don't. Yeah. It's hard because I, I feel like I don't understand the the satanic aspect just in general. Maybe because our religion doesn't, um, Satan Acknowledge. and the devil, that's not a part of like what we've learned and understand. But so it, when someone's like, he's doing satanic things, it doesn't, I don't fully understand what that means. Like what the end game of that is. Do you know yeah, what I mean? true. Satan is what? Like the devil, yeah? Yeah. And I actually was listening to something Kanye was saying, and he was, like, talking about how he, like, serves God, and anything that's done that isn't serving God is serving Satan. And it's just, I'm trying to, like, understand more about it, because I, I really don't. Um, and I, But I did find some of the stuff that people were sharing to be compelling, honestly, because it's like... Oh, my God. No, 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 yeah, no, no, what no, do you no, think no, no, was... no, no, no. Not like... I, 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 Again, when you say that he's, like, leading them into hell, I I still don't know what that means, like, from a religious standpoint, honestly. But having, like, making, like, Satan part of your brand is a fucking weird thing to do. 
Oh, for sure. And I think that's something he did intentionally, like branding Satan. But I don't think this event was, you know, with the with the hopes of sending people to hell. No. And that's not I'm not saying it's compelling about that. But like when you oh, okay, see. Yeah, no. But I think that so that's what people are saying. Those are what the conspiracy theories are like. How weird, you know, how it, nine people died at a concert and it's a Satan themed event. And, you know, it's like this larger no, conspiracy no, theory like, that I just think takes away from what actually happened. A hundred percent. But when you see like some of the symbols that he uses and one of like some of them have to do with like pedophilia. And they clearly mean this in like satanic culture. Like, why would you, why are you putting that on anything? That's a conversation worth having. Like, why is it cool to have brand aesthetic, like your brand book, be filled with satanic symbolism and imagery? Yes, 100%. But as it pertains to the event, that's what I'm, that, those are the theories. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, but like the, even the image of like, you know, when people enter the concert, it's like Travis's open mouth. And then mouth. I'm sure you saw like the artwork that's like satanic about how, something else is like similar to that like I don't understand why that's like a a flex Uh, you know what I completely agree with you I think that's a different conversation and it's one worth having yeah no that's all I was saying no I understand but um it's like a big topic of conversation people like there are a lot of people who believe like this was a ritual I don't again I'm not sure what for because I don't know who Satan is I've never really met him or anything I don't know him I don't know him. I don't know this person at all. But there's a large group of people who think that this was like, you know, people who are suspect of celebrities in Hollywood and they think that there's all this like hedonistic satanic rituals that go on. That I've like I've seen I I forget what it was that I was watching that like shows all the different like elements and symbolism of satanism in pop culture. Um so I that's the extent to which I understand it and it's fucking weird. It's bizarre. I agree. It's not a flex to like have your merch be reminiscent of satanic rituals. Yeah. Okay, well, switching gears to a beautiful ritual, the ritual of marriage. Paris Hilton <laughs> is a married woman. She married Carter Room in a star-studded LA ceremony last night on 11-11, which is her like lucky day, lucky numbers. You know, she's always posting 11-11 make-a-wish, mm-hmm. and that was also Make-a-wish. Her- her wedding date. So she tied the knot with Carter Room at a private estate in LA on Thursday. A source confirmed to people they exchanged vows amid friends such as Kim Kardashian West, Kyle Richards, and Paula Abdul. Um, the pictures are now in vogue. She looks glorious, like mm-hmm. literally regal, royal. It's giving Grace Kelly. The diamonds are huge. The dress is gorgeous. She really like looked immaculate. Yeah, no, she looks amazing. It's crazy that she's, you know, off the market officially. No, and you know what? It's like really a perfect match. You want to know why? She found a businessman, Bo. And that's what we've been trying to tell you guys, you know? That's the message. That's the secret sauce. Businessman, Bo. BMB. We've been trying to tell you guys this for a minute and nobody listens to us, but that's where you'll find success. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I, so many people are getting married this weekend. I mean, I know you are personally struggling with... Four weddings. With four weddings. Um, Dana's getting married this weekend, so after we wrap, I, I'm headed into wedding mode for her. But it's just, you know, you just love to celebrate love. You really do. You do. And I think people are obsessed with, like, the 11-11 of it all, because that's why... Why is it such a popular weekend, you know? Oh, well, I... I don't know if it's because of 11-11 that it's a popular weekend. This is just a popular time of year. You know, like the weather yeah, is so Yeah, and with COVID. And it's like right before the holidays because then after this weekend, like you really start to impede on people's like holiday plans. Yeah. 
And but I'm happy for Paris that like she got married on eleven eleven, and that's so iconic because it's such a big part of her of her brand. Yeah. And you know what? Her businessman Bo just like lets her be herself. That's the most important thing about a businessman Bo. Like he has to let you fly and flourish. But that's why we often recommend a businessman Bo because typically mm-hmm. they do because they're busy with their business. Right. And they're not in yours. And that's what you want to see most of all. Exactly. Okay, next story, a little more what we do for love news. The Bachelorette's Tasha Adams has been hospitalized after a painful marathon experience. Ooh. Tasha posted footage her Instagram story on Thursday of herself apparently resting in a hospital bed with an IV hooked up to her right arm. She said, Welp, I've been here since 9.30 a.m. What a day. Though Tasha did not share further information about what happened to make her need medical attention, the video comes a day after she posted her Instagram story detailing the tough recovery process she's endured after completing the New York City Marathon. After returning from an event on Wednesday during which she wore heels, Tasha told her fans on Instagram that she physically could not walk Monday and Tuesday. She said it was the most painful thing in the world. She also shared that her body has had a tough time returning to its normal state since the race and that she finally got her first solid night of rest after struggling to sleep for the first post-marathon nights. She added Mm. that she has been eating more than usual as her, quote, appetite has been wild. So she said before the race that Zach is a lifer when it comes to marathons. um, And she was still wrapping her head around the experience. I don't know if, you know, she'll be joining Wait, what's a lifer? Like he's done seven. Oh, God. He's a marathon man. Got it, got it. I mean, I'm surprised more people don't end up in the hospital after the marathon. It's insane. It's insane. It's... I hope she's okay. That's, like, really scary. I know. And you think it was the heels that, like, sent her over the edge? Yeah, maybe she was, like, maybe the everything was, like, hard on her feet, and then that could have just, like, put it over the edge exactly. Yeah, I saw her Instagram story. I'm like, what is she doing in the hospital? She ran a marathon the other day. Like, you must be in perfect health. I know. It takes a toll, though. So It really does. So... I'm wishing her the best, for real. Yeah. I wonder if she's ever going to do the marathon again. I feel like, I mean, I would never, but I feel like she actually <laughs> will. I don't think she'll be doing, like, a marathon a year like Zach is, but she's just, like, mm-hmm. so supportive, and she raised so much money for, like, World Vision. She's just a queen, and... She is. It's, it, they're honestly so fucking cute. They are coming out as, like, really the couple to beat in Bachelor Nation. Well, so... That's what I was going to say. I feel like we, people don't even really talk about them as a couple that much. Like, I always forget that she's still with the guy that she met on The Bachelor. Like, they're so low-key. They're not thirsty at all. I feel like he's really invested, like, in his work, in his recovery, and he just, like, supports everything Tasha does. And it's kind of, like, like a sickening relationship. And he's kind of like a businessman beau. I was Jackie. I was going to say that, but I'm not sure what business he's in. But, he's yes. In, I think he's in the business of recovery. I think so, too. I think he runs, like, clinics or, yeah. like, programs. Yeah. And so he's got, like, a lot going on, and she's just the star, and they really, they really, really work. As it should be. As it should be. As it should be. You love to see it. So I, I hope she's doing okay. I hope she's feeling better. Me, too. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Only if it's the fifth and final story that's brought to you by Bruch is the best electric toothbrush on the market, you guys. We've been trying to tell you this. And if you haven't listened to us, I know so many of you have gotten Bruch's. But if you haven't, like, let this be your sign. Electric toothbrushes are going to clean your teeth so much better, better dental hygiene. But a lot of them can cost over $200, which I agree is insane. Enter Bruch, the most affordable, the most sickening, the most effective toothbrush electric one on the market. 
Here's a little bit about the brush itself. It has six unique modes to customize your brushing experience. The battery life lasts four weeks. It comes with a magnetic charging stand and a compact travel case. They also offer a subscription program, so you never forget to change your brush head again. They'll ship you a new replacement head every six months, so you're never stuck using a worn-down brush head. Their design is very sleek. It has a modern, aesthetically pleasing design. It comes in trend-driven, seasonal colors, and it looks great on your bathroom counter. If you want to get $15 off your Bruce toothbrush kit and the refill plan when you use promo code TOAST, at bruch.com. That's $15 off using promo code TOAST at B-R-U-U-S-H.com slash toast. Thank you, Claudia. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Our fifth and final story is some actually surprisingly exciting news. Heather Dubrow returns to the Real Housewives of Orange County in the season 16 trailer. The new trailer for the new season of Real Housewives of Orange County is here featuring Heather Dubrow and as are the new promo pictures and you guys you guys it looks pretty good I'm so skeptical I'm sorry like I'm you cannot convince me a trailer's not going to convince me no 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 no. I'm not going to I'm not trying to convince you of anything it was good looking enough to make me say I will watch it I think that the dynamics that are being portrayed already are pretty interesting like this friendship between Heather Gina and Emily and Mm -hmm. Shannon is like kind of getting pushed to the background now she knows how it feels now she knows how it feels because she really tried to exclude Gina and Emily for years while she was like running around with Tamara and trying to be a cool girl Trace Amigas it's a taste of your own medicine like Heather's like I'm actually really here for that's crazy to hear you say that do you know how long you fucking defended Shannon Medore like and her atrocious behavior no I it's it's weird because it's like I wouldn't even consider like Shannon my queen or anything but I just I found myself giving her a lot of grace I thought that like she like over the years needed it I really did so you did but I also think that now like she's good she can be treated like we can take the kid gloves off the levels the playing field has been leveled yeah no sometimes someone needs like not everyone needs the same amount of support and caring and grace you know some people like so I just feel like now she's back she's in such a good place like are you going to be nice to people or are you not? No, I feel that. That's true. Like, now that we're all good, like, how, how you act now, like, to the new girls, like, you're in a position of power. And if she, like, uses her power for good, I'll be down. But if she starts, like, trying to be, you know, Trace Amigas, I'm in charge, mean to the new girls, I'm not into that. You know what? You need the new girls. Yeah, I feel like, based on this trailer, she's getting pushed out a little bit. I'm surprised. I really am. Like, of all the cuts... The OGs. Shannon is like the last surviving cockroach. Like, she can't be taken down. I'm telling you, it's because I think a lot of women, like, feel the way that I did. Like, Shannon really just became, like, this rising phoenix. I think her story was, like, so relatable to so many people. And even if she wasn't always, like, the best housewife, like, people could really relate to her. No, I agree with that 100%. Like, when you think of the demographic of the show, I think a lot of people can relate to what Shannon went through. And, like, she was a mess for a while, but... She, like, kind of had every right to be. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes from here. But it's enough to make me give Real Housewives of Orange County another chance. Not going to commit to watching the entire season. I'll take it one episode at a time because I've really been burned by this franchise. But Heather Dubrow coming back, it's giving Bethany coming back. And it's giving she can save the show. There are very few housewives who wield that power, the Bethany power. And Heather Dubrow is definitely one of them. Yeah, and it's just so, did you watch the trailer? Yes. So in the beginning when they're going through her old taglines and the one that's like, 
uh, nobody's life is perfect, but mine's pretty close. It's just like a crazy thing to say, I feel like. I completely agree. Like, it's just wild to just like. It's it's called a kaninahara. Yeah, like, it's like never jinx. say shit like that. Yeah. yeah. But the proof is in the pudding and like her life is in, in the same place, if not a better place than it was when we last saw her. No, and, like, no one's life is perfect, but hers is pretty close. Right. So, like, where's the lie? No, I know. It's just a crazy thing to say. Like, you're asking for bad luck, evil eye spirits to, like, come to your life. Yeah, it's a crazy thing to say, but I'm just, like, it's... She was never lying all that time. Like, when her life... Like, her and Terry, like, they're they're really doing that. No, their business is, like... So many housewives who build enormous houses and have tons of money. Like, it's a real facade. Like, it's not real that they're there like their house is real their money is real their businesses are real their love is real their family's real like it's real yeah so I just thought that was interesting and I'm, I'm looking forward to her coming back and, and raising up Gina and Emily it's their time it's time they, they need to be risen they've been excluded for like three years just put down and now it's gonna be Shannon's turn to feel, to feel the pain I am, like, looking forward to watching a show that doesn't have Bronwyn on it. Like, she really bothered me. Yeah, I I agree. I'm glad that they cleaned house. The new girls look pretty interesting. I th- mm-hmm. It's looking good. I'm optimistic. Yeah, we can be cautiously optimistic. Yeah, definitely. So those are the Fast Five stories that you needed to know. Um, before um, we let everyone go, do you want to share your update on the book that you finished? Oh, yes. I read The Good Sister, um, per Jackie's recommendation by Sally Hepworth. Um, It was very good. Like, very, very good. And I read it so fast on the plane. And it really made the plane, like, the six-hour flight go by so fast. Like, when I was done with the book, I had, like, an hour and a half left. It was gorgeous. Like, really twisty, turny. You think you know something? No, you don't. Yeah. I really, really... And that's so Sally Hepworth. I know. I loved that book. I'm glad that you read it. And... You're such a fast reader. It's wild. I know. I mean, think about how fast I talk. Like That's true. That's true. You and your big font. You're probably tapping once a second. Literally. The tapping, like I'm getting arthritis. No, that, you need the Kindle remote. I know, but on a plane, I didn't mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm almost done with the book that I'm reading, Good Morning Monster. It's really, really good. Um, it's really intense. I saw a lot of people are reading that because of you. Okay. And I just want to say, um, it's just really intense. I wouldn't not, if I had known how like dark it could get, I wouldn't have chosen not to read it, but I just like want to let you guys know. You would have been, like to have been prepared. I guess, but you know what? I probably wouldn't have picked it up because I've actually been purposely avoiding like any really heavy material. And so yeah. I actually probably would have skirted it if someone told me, but you know what? I can handle it. I can handle it. Okay. So I, I, I'm glad I probably will finish it like right after we hang up because I have 10% left and I got to know what happens to Madeline. Well, have the best time at Dana's wedding and good luck at your speech tonight. I've heard it like a thousand times. It's so good. Like people are going to die. Just make sure to like take your time when you make a joke, like leave a minute, a second for people to laugh. Like you're going to be great. Okay. Thank you for the tips. I hope that they do laugh and that I need a they second. Will. It's Jackie. It is universally funny. I swear. Like you don't need to know like you like it's good. Okay, cool. I'm actually so excited to to share with Dana my my thoughts and feelings. Um, that's our show, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in studio on Monday, back to your regular programming. And yeah, that's it. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Be smart. And 
leave us a nice positive review. Yeah, totally. We will see you on Monday. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.